Hey, welcome everyone. My name is Andrea Tupola. I'm council member for District 1, which is on the leeward coast of Oahu. And we're excited to have you here tonight because we wanted to share resources with you, really valuable resources to help the wedding industry that's been actually out of work for a long time. And one of the last industries to get back into um, acclimating with the economy there is a tier system that we have on the island of Oahu and actually across the state of Hawaii that ever since 2021, it's been a initiative of mine to really address it and really think about, you know, how it was set up because the purpose of anything that we did last year was supposed to be for public health and safety. And if there are ways for us to still proceed safely, then how can we then help our our economy, how can we then help families that have been out of work for a long time to get back up on their feet? So I had started off the year with doing a initiative for safe sports. And I really talked a lot about it with the mayor and as well with the community about the fact that our youth had been left out of the discussion. They had canceled graduations, canceled proms, canceled senior luau's, and when were we going to really take into consideration how those governmental mandates were affecting their mental health, their ability to operate? Well, during those same discussions, we actually had brought up that the wedding industry was also being targeted as one of the industries that couldn't safely open, which wasn't the case. But just like safe sports, we needed to talk through how we could do it safely. How are we going to set up guidelines? And it's it's so easy once you have a huge grassroots effort and the wedding industry folk have just been wonderful. I mean, we're talking MCs, we're talking florists, wedding planners, DJs, and all kinds of people that are associated with how these events then become milestones and very special occasions for the families and the people involved. So it was important for me to bring that up to the mayor and on January 26th, actually, Mayor Victorino from the island of Maui got their event started for weddings. So I knew that it was possible. And I'm super glad and grateful to Mayor Blangiardi for being willing to open up that discussion and being willing to run it up to the governor so that we could get that change. And I was so happy when they announced it, which was actually just about a week ago that weddings were back on. But there's still a ways to go meaning that weddings are now allowable. However, how do we get this industry back up and on their feet when many of those individuals were not able to qualify for PUA? Unfortunately, the unemployment did not qualify them as independent contractors and just the whole structure of how some of these businesses are set up, they weren't able to really qualify for that funding, that help that they needed. So that's why we're here tonight is that we wanted to see if we could give a leg up, give some resources, some information to people that really could use this information and help to get their family and their business back up and going. And it's so important for me that local families have those that help and that service that they need. But I think what's more, even more amazing is when we collaborate to do it together. So it's not just me. There are many people within the wedding industry that are leaders that have been stepping up to help one another, sharing protocols, sharing um, best practices. Two of the ladies that joined our meeting last week were from Maui, and they had already started their weddings, and they were giving really good insight and hints to the others that were just about to get started here on Oahu. So I wanted to introduce um, tonight 
Mark Spain, who is with the Small Business Administration. He is the Hawaii Pacific Islands District Director for our island. And I'm so grateful to have him here tonight because his knowledge and the information he's going to share could really help a lot of people. So you'll see Ka'ivi's name, and he actually is um, getting Mark through a Zoom call into our room tonight. And so when Ka'ivi's microphone is on, that's actually Mark Spain from the SBA that's sharing with us tonight. So Mark, welcome, and thank you for being with us. Hey, aloha. Thank you, Councilwoman. I appreciate the opportunity. <clears throat> I just got off a couple of calls earlier today with various groups asking similar questions, but your particular mission is really special. I have a meeting with Mayor Blagiardi next week to go into some of the details that I think, well, I'll learn from you all tonight about the topic, particularly the wedding planning industry. So I look forward to being a sharing resource, and I think what I will do is just give a high-level overview of each of the four activities that we're involved in that will help. Uh, I know that probably there's an emphasis on the shuttered menu program. And so what I've done is I'm going to share with uh, uh, the team that you have there with you a link that will give a very good visual uh, understanding of the eligibility for the shuttered menu operating grant. And I should tell you right now, as we speak, it's just a little bit after midnight Eastern time, the portal is open for the shuttered venue grant. And for those that want to have a peek at it, it can be taken uh, right now because we're effectively already on Eastern daylight time. And that means Hawaii can start actually doing activity on the shuttered venue grant landing page on sba.gov as we speak. It's considered Thursday for our purposes here, even though it's still Wednesday night. So I thought I'd share that little tidbit with you as you consider the shuttered venue grant. I'll go over the grant process first. It is a uh, very interesting uh, proposition that is being afforded by the, uh, the act that was signed by President Trump on December 27th. It took about 98 days to get it operational because the SBA normally is involved in the low distance, but we want to make sure that the shuttered venue grant was going to launch well. It now has launched and will be very much helpful. And I'll give one example. We had two inquiries, one from a performing arts group uh, that was involved with dance. And then we had one involved with uh, activities associated with music. And through the video that I was able to share with them, it gave them the clarity that they needed in order to determine that they are eligible. And the one venue that was common to both groups, of course, was the Blaisdell. And so what it does, it provides clarity. And I will then uh, say to you, once you've seen the video, it's about a four-minute video, it really will help the reviewer determine if their uh, particular uh, activity is approved for eligible for the shuttered venue grant. The key areas, of course, that are listed are the live venues, the motion picture theaters, the museums. And then there are those who are involved in the production, agents and uh, talent representatives, so the information that I also will share with uh, the group tonight through uh, our uh, congresswoman, excuse me, council person, I'm sort of getting my, whether I'm federal, state, or local, so forgive me for that. I will get that link over to the team so they can share it with those who are on the call. That link will be everything you need to know about the Shuttered Venue program in its entirety. So 
Any quick questions on the shuttered venue before I go to the idle loan? I'll stand by for a couple of questions. If there are any, if not, I'll move on. What do you think? Okay. Andrea? Yeah, so let me just say it one more time. And then as you guys have questions, just go ahead and raise your hand or bring you up. But basically, it's the live venue operators, theatrical producers, live performing arts organization operators, museum operators, zoos, aquariums, motion picture theaters, talent representatives, and each business entity owned by an eligible entity that also meets the eligibility. And it's pretty exciting because it actually just opened. So um, we'll maybe pause for a second and let everyone kind of take that in. So if you do have questions for Mark Spain, who's actually speaking through Kaivi today, he's on a Zoom and Kaivi is amplifying his voice for us tonight. Please raise your hand because it's important that as we have these resources here and you have questions that you're able to ask those. Perfect. Yeah, Hi, Aloha. Sorry about that. Just trying to unmute. <laughs> Um, so it seems like the shuttered venue grant doesn't really, I mean, it, it really won't help a lot, help a lot of the smaller industry vendors and, and things. So I, unfortunately, you know, if, if tonight's discussion is about the wedding industry, you know, uh, unless you're the actual big venue, it doesn't really help a lot of the smaller local businesses um, that we find in the wedding industry. So um, wondering if you'll be able to address for for those that are left out of that, um, you know, what what are some of the alternatives for funding for you know our, our businesses that would would fall into that criteria? Yeah, no problem, Joseph. Um, actually, Mark is going to go through quite a uh, quite a few other ones. So that was just the first one that he wanted to um, share with the group because it opened up today. But we have other ones we'll be talking about as well. Great. Yeah, I can say there are two other options. Obviously, one that's been heralded a lot more than other. Uh, the one is called the Economic Injury Disaster Loan, and that is a new tool that's being made available currently for those that maybe wouldn't qualify under the shuttered venue grant. It is a loan. It is not forgivable, but it is a loan at, for 30 years. That would be at 3.75% interest for a for-profit organization. If it's a nonprofit organization, it would be 2.75. The breadth and scope of what is considered eligible, it is a broad working capital type of borrowing. And I will send a link uh, to the team to share it with you how you don't have to navigate the entire website. I will share the link. And if you want to send me an email directly, I can do that as well. Whatever is best, since my email address is in the chat, I'll be more than happy to send you the link so you don't have to spend a lot of time online looking for the answers that you deserve, whether it be the shuttered venue grant or whether it be the idle loan. But the idle loan has right now the ability to go up to 500000 from any number that would be under 25000 to 500000 It is what now is considered the most diverse and most broad-based uh, loan program that, that the uh, SBA has. And the payments are deferred for a minimum of 12 months from the time the loan is approved. And it could be longer. That really is possible. So I just want to let you know the idle loan is probably the most broad-based loan product that we have. Now, a complement to that is the PPP loan. And the PPP is more designed for active payrolls. 60% of the loan proceeds would be given for payroll purposes exclusively. And the remaining 40% would be devoted to rent or mortgages 
or supply chain issues associated with the business. So it is uh, a little bit more liberal than it was when it came out back last year. But right now, the PPP, in my opinion, is the second choice for those who are looking for a broader base of working capital. And those two programs at this point are probably the most viable, notwithstanding uh, U.S., uh, what they call the American uh, Rescue Plan. It will be giving money to both state and city and county governments here in Hawaii, so it can be also accessed by businesses in the community. Those will be announced more in the coming week with DBED, that's the Department of Business and, and the Tourism. They, Mark Ritchie and his team, will be looking at how they can provide resources for um, small businesses here using money coming from the federal government to and distributed to local businesses here in Hawaii. I'll stop there and see if there's any other descriptions. Otherwise, I'll go into the most recent grant program, but I'll talk about that in a minute. I'll get back to Andrea. Thanks so much, Mark. That's so great. Um, and just so that everyone who just jumped in the room, thank you for coming. So tonight we have Mark Spain, who's from the SBA office, just sharing a few resources, but this won't be all. We definitely want to have more of a robust discussion with everyone here who might have other ideas of avenues that we can go down to really help the wedding industry. I've talked with the mayor and we have some other ideas that I'm going to pitch towards the end of this session. But as we have Mark here on the line, I want to make sure that he can share this last one that SBA is offering and then he'll field any questions that you might have. So Mark, go ahead and take it away and explain this next program. Right. This and thank you, Angela. I think this is the most significant one of all when it comes to the, the grant process. It does not require such rigidity as it does on the SVOG. And basically, the launch of this program will be done at the end of the month of April. Right now, the application is being routed through the federal compliance system, which will probably be done by next Tuesday, the 13th. Then with that, a landing page will be created, which will provide the basic facts, some of which I'm about to share with you now about what is consider the breadth and the scope of the restaurant revitalization plan. This $28.6 billion plan will be in heavy demand. So we're looking at probably, I'll say the week of the 29th of April, if maybe not the prior Friday, this program will have a portal just like the SBOG has that's open tonight. I think the key is that all of the entities I'm about to mention are eligible, and that is a C-Corp, an S-Corp, partnerships, limited liability companies, sole proprietors, of course, self-employed individuals, independent contractors, and Native Hawaiian organizations. Those are the broad scope of people who operate businesses. Let me give you one example. We were asked a question today in the Kauai Chamber about what happens if it's not really a restaurant, let's say it's a bowling alley. Well, if 33% of the revenue from that operation is food and beverage based, it is eligible. So even if it's a restaurant, no, it is the bowling alley, but with the food operation, that eligibility is based upon 33% of their gross revenue coming from the uh, food and beverage operation. That's just one example. Now let's go into the broader scope on the, uh, of the plan. The actual area of activity, this is quite broad, restaurants, and them typically, food stands, 
food trucks, food carts, caterers, bars, saloons, lounges, as well as taverns, snack and what we call non-alcoholic beverage bars, bakeries, brew pubs, tasting rooms, tap rooms, breweries like Maui Brewing or Kona Brewing, wineries and distilleries. Also, and this is some people are surprised, licensed facilities that are premium providers of beverage, alcohol, or wine. So it's quite broad. All this information will be provided to uh, Angela and her team uh, later, uh, probably first thing in the morning. Or if you want to ask me directly, feel free to use my email address that's in the chat. But the scope of the restaurant revitalization probably is the most dynamic grant that the SBA has ever offered. And it probably will go quickly. So when it is the latter part of April, it won't be very long before the money is fully expended. Do I expect to be replenished? I have no doubt that demand could exceed supply of the $28.6 billion. So the answer is we have a better chance that it will be replenished given the demand that's anticipated. Angela? Yeah, thank you so much. I just wanted you to cover one more before we answer your questions. The SBA debt relief, if you could talk a little bit about that. Debt relief covers two categories. We have actually those that are normal loans that people have SBA loans, either 7A, which is a conventional working capital loan, or a 504. The 504 loans here in Hawaii are issued by HEDCO. They're a CDC, and they are common, or they're actually jointly developed with or lended by, I should say, by commercial bank partners such as First Hawaiian Bank, CPB, American Savings Bank, as well as uh, Hawaii National Bank. But the the non-disaster loans, we call these strictly the conventional loans, will have a deferment up to 12 months, and there's obviously going to be new information that's coming out. It's called the 1112. That's the form that's used to offer, and the deferment is automatic. It doesn't have to be requested. Only thing you would want to do if you want to continue paying the loan, you have that option, but it's going to be deferred for at least 12 months, and in some cases, 18 months. So when it comes to deferment, it's going to be done on idle loans as well, and it will not affect the uh, PPP loan, uh, but the PPP loan forgiveness will address that. So anything where there's loan servicing involved, the actual deferment is going to push most of the loan payment requirements well into March or April of 2022, before payments would be expected. Angela? Yeah, so I'll just uh, reiterate that one more time. The SBA debt relief is actually authorized to pay six months of principal interest and any other associated fees. And this was, this debt relief to borrowers was originally dependent on the loan being fully dispersed by September 27, 2020. And it doesn't apply to the EIDLs, but I'm just bringing that up because I know a lot of people were trying to float themselves during this whole staying out of work. And so I think one of the thoughts is that grants that can help you when you qualify under that, but you can also think through some of the programs that they have, not just with the loans, but also with the debt forgiveness. And like Mark is saying, some of these are new and some of them have been modified because the way the PPP first came out is actually not the way it's operating now. So that's kind of what I wanted to bring up. 
is that possibly with some of these tools that have been changed and then some of the new ones that one of them was just announced today, those ones could possibly now, when it wasn't something that could be helpful, could now be helpful. So we're going to open up for questions. And Mark, thank you so much for all of this information. And I know it's a lot. We definitely want to give out any of the links that he has. If you go to the SBA site, some of this is posted up there and you can search through Shuttered Venue Grant. You can search through the Restaurant Revitalization Plan, the SBA Debt Relief Plan. And of course, on the city side, which I won't talk about this too much tonight, but we also have resources on the city side from rent relief to all kinds of things that perhaps weren't necessarily in the forefront of your minds before you came to this um, clubhouse tonight, but maybe now you're thinking of it because there's so much around the wedding industry besides just the actual business that you're executing that I want to make sure that every resource that is out there is available to you. So does anyone have any questions for Mark at this time? All right, Mike, um, Mark, so thank you so much for being here tonight. I just want to thank you for your time and for the resources you sent over. We're going to be sending these out to those people who are part of our wedding group in an email, and you guys will get that, and you can click through those links because as we go through these programs, and of course, there's so much detail and there's so many words that maybe reading through it would definitely be helpful. So please look out for that email from us. And if you have any closing words, Mark. Yes, I would. I think what would play fine, and this happens when we get direct calls, there are two other resource groups that could be helpful to, uh, in this case, the wedding industry. And that's our small business development centers. They're located on every island, even though we're talking city and county of Honolulu. The small business development center for Oahu is located at UH Manoa. And their phone number, I'll give it to you now. And Joe Burns is the director of that center. And they're designed to help businesses work through these very same programs as an extension of SBA resources. Joe Burns is the director. His phone number is area code 808-945-1430. Along with him at National Shuttered Venue, as well as the upcoming uh, plan for the restaurant revitalization. That again is the SBDC. Also, for those who are women owned businesses that may be in the audience, that is a great call to work with uh, the Patsy Make Center for Business and Leadership. And their website can be found by strictly Googling. And the person that's in charge as director is Colleen McColney. And then the other for veterans that may be in the audience is uh, the Veteran Business Outreach Center, also located at Manoa. And that is available. Uh, the director is Dennis Kwok. If anyone would like to get more specific information about these resource partners, be more than happy to take that by email to me. And my email is in the chat. Last but not least, let me give you a question that was just asked about the idle loan that I felt would be helpful for this group if they choose to make an idle loan as part of their solution. But you can make debt payments of any type. Long as you make monthly payments for principal and interest, not only SBA loans, but any debt service, the idle loan can be used as long as you do principal and interest. You can't pay off another loan. You can't pay off the credit card balances, but you can at least make the minimum payments if you want to do interest only. That's the feature that most people do not know exists with the idle loan. And it's a very good and very diverse uh, business tool. If you want to have more information, feel free to give me an email inquiry, 
And again, Hensdorf, thank you and the team for working with me on tonight's call. It's a pleasure to work with you. Operation Footprint, which is my own initiative here for the city and county of Honolulu, along with the rest of the state, you will see much more presence of SBA in the marketplace than you probably had before. The reason is very simple. My closing remarks are this. I came to Hawaii in 1965 as a U.S. Marine. I stayed in Hawaii off and on to finish assignments for Pioneer Savings Bank, Han Fed Bank, before I opened my own business in 1992. So I'm an experienced banker, but I also helped start small businesses. In, my, in 2008, I had an impact from my Vietnam service called Agent Orange. I had colon cancer, and I had also a problem with vision. So in 2011, I solved that problem. God healed my body. And in 2012, I joined SBA because they wanted me and my experience to be on board. That's the one minute and 30 second elevator speech. Angela, hoorah. Hoorah. Wow. Thank you so much for your background and sharing your story. I'm just amazed. Um, I'm amazed because I've actually worked with uh, a few people in the SBA office, very passionate individuals and very willing to navigate around hurdles to help small businesses like like I've never seen before, actually, because I've hosted quite a few of these. So again, big thanks to Mark. Thank you for your time. And again, if you have any questions, we will be sending out all that information via email for those of you who are on our last call. So I will take any questions right now. We're going to just open it up broadly. So we'll get off the SBA topic. But there's also something that Mark brought up called ARPA. So the American Rescue Plan Act is actually going to be coming out soon. Now, what does that mean for everybody here? Well, basically, there's going to be a huge quantity that's given to the state and to the city, and we will come up with the, the ways that we use that funding. And as I converse with the mayor, as I work with my own city council team to determine where it should go, I wanted to be specific with it. I want to know specifically where exactly could we put that money to really help the wedding industry? And I'm just going to open up the floor because I want people to tell me part of me strategizing and really creating solutions moving forward because now weddings are open. Great. I want to hear all the problems that you're going through and, and ways that maybe we can help or help you navigate around it. And I'll use the safe sports as an example. Once the sports was up, it didn't mean that everything was easy. It meant that we had to modify the permit process. People still didn't understand, you know, certain things that would actually allow them to utilize the fullness of the, the law that was just passed. So I wanted to open up the floor and um, just to anybody that might have ideas on this ARPA funding that's coming out, how can we carve it out and use it in such a way that would really help the wedding industry? Sure. So Joseph's just going to share his thoughts. Um, just so for, for all of you guys who don't know, Joseph, why don't you introduce yourself so that they know your background and especially all the work that you've been doing with the industry already? Council member, uh, Joseph Esser, I am the acting president of the Oahu Wedding Association. And, uh, you know, we've been working behind the scenes, um, you know, with the mayor and with um, council member as well. So mahalo so much for everything you've been doing um, on behalf of our industry. Um, I guess, you know, my, and I'm not sure if Mark is still on the call, but, you know, I'd kind of be curious to talk about like specifics. Let's say, for example, uh, let's take, for example, a wedding coordinator who may have, you know, three or four different um, staff. Now they have, they don't have a storefront, they don't have a, a venue, um, but they still have operating business expenses. 
um, in, and maybe they're running their business out of their house, so they're not renting. So you know they're they're not being able to get assistance from you know rental relief um, funds. You know I, I I'm curious for for those types of businesses what um, you know if and and I know that a lot of our members have already you know taken out PPP loans and EIDL loans and they're already indebted, you know, just to keep their businesses open. So I'm, I'm curious if we were to take, for example, you know, a, a medium-sized wedding coordination company that doesn't have a storefront, that doesn't, you know, maybe have, you know, maybe they're running out of, out of their house and they have a mortgage, um, you know, any programs, you know, through SBA that might, you know, keep them from becoming more in debt. And then, of course, um, council member, you know, some of the targeted, um, you know, funds that are going to be coming into the state from the American Rescue Relief Act, um, you know, maybe how do we address, how, how do we tag some of those dollars to help out those businesses? Um, and I'll leave that question there. Thank you. Sounds great. I will actually I turn it over to Mark. If you wish to ask me a question, go ahead. Yeah, so Mark, his question was about people who do not have a storefront. They're not operating out of a venue. It's a mid-level wedding uh, planner that maybe has two or three staff that's working, what type of tool is there available to a person in that situation? It's a good question. And Congressman Case and I have had a conversation about such issues, what we call the PUCAs and the plan. And I think if I could get an email, that would help me work with both Congressman Gahele as well as Congressman Case on this issue because it is a federal it's a federal legislation issue. And I think it's a it's a great question, and it's not indicative of not happening in other parts of the country. Have that person send me an email. I'll get the research done, and we can then have a response. And I'll copy you, Angela, on my answer so that you have a record of what I say. Yeah, that'd be great. And Joseph, just so that you know kind of where my mind is going, one of the reasons why the federal act and as well as this funds comes into the city, we basically have no guidelines right as of right now. So the federal government's going to send over the money. Maybe they're going to send it with some restrictions. But when we decide how to spend it, we have to come up with the guidelines. So I think part of the conversation being productive is when I talked to Representative Case's office, they were asking me, well, once this federal funding comes through, can the city help this industry? So I think, Joseph, the question that I might ask to you is, can you guys come up with a way to write it out? Let me give you an example, and then you can follow it. We passed legislation just last year to help with affordable housing, right? So they did this thing where all these exemptions were passed, whatever, whatever, so it made it more enticing for people to want to build affordable housing. But unfortunately, people needed seed money. They were like, yeah, sure, we'll try, but none of us are actually going to make any income on this. So there's not really a reason for us to come in. So we basically are just passing a bill now to give grant money, like seed money for people who do qualify under something, but yet they still need an extra boost. Do you think that's something you guys could help me work on? Either one, we come up with wording in a grant that's super easy, fits the industry, I can pitch it to the administration. We use the ARPA funds for it, and it actually targets that exact PUCA that you're talking about. Do you think that that is something you could help me with? You know, collaborate and, and help out in, in any way we can. I think, you know, some of the things that we've been talking about, you know, within our group has been looking at how, um, you know, the music and art industry was able to get funding um, last year. 
um, you know, where, you know, all these musicians weren't working either in the same capacity as before. Um, and so maybe even mirroring some of those targeted, you know, funds that help those um, particular entertainers and whatnot. I think the, one of the really tricky um, kind of like, like parts of this equation is how do we identify who's in the wedding industry? Because it's so diverse. You have photographers, you have, um, you know, you have, you know, coordinators that all have different business. I, I forget it's called it NAIC or NAIS codes. So, you know, kind of trying to figure out um, who is in that industry and who is, you know, the most impacted um, businesses. Um, so, you know, we've, we've been kind of puzzling over that as well, but absolutely we'd love to, you know, um, try to help collaborate in any way we can for sure. Yeah, I think if we were able to kind of make different categories, like I like what you have with the music and art industry, because that's a big part of it, right? So I think if you had three or four specific categories that this will help out for DJs, for MCs, whatnot, because I know that was a, a very hard category because some of the musicians last year got funding. And actually, I don't think it was even federal. There's a lot of foundations like the Henry K. Capono Foundation. They ended up just giving out money to some of these musicians. And it was just, you know, straight money, like a thousand dollars for everyone who applies to kind of help out. But uh, again, like an MC is not necessarily like a, a musician. A DJ is is kind of not either. So I think if you could help me figure out some of those niches and we don't have to go everywhere. But for those people who are in your little hui, getting that specifics, then I think I got to actually work with the SBA to write this into a, a piece of legislation that we can actually pass and then say, we want earmarked. Oh, and this is the second part, Joseph. I need to know the quantity, right? So I, I can say, here's the structure that we want to fund the following um, industries that were left out that we, we know still need help. And then I also need to figure out how much of the pot would I be requesting to kind of help out in that area? And, and you don't need to know the answer now, but those are the two metrics that I would need to kind of present and then get the other council, which I think my council members would all agree with me. And the mayor already told me he agrees with me. He was like, Andrew, if you can get this like farther down and, and present it to me so that I know that whatever we do is going to help them, like I'm all for it. I was like, OK, so I think that's where we're at. Joseph is like we really do need to brainstorm down all those details. I'll just leave my statement as is I really appreciate everything that you're doing for our industry. So mahalo. Thank you, Joseph. Um, so we'll open up the floor. I saw Kalei come up for a second. I don't know if anyone else has questions and we can open it up even more broadly if you do wanna talk about your particular industry or if it was difficult for you during this time to navigate through all the tools to use or even just the frustration with the tier system. One of the hardest things for me has been when people are feeling targeted by the way the tiers are set up where do you advocate? Like who's supposed to bring your voice forward? Because it was made during an executive order. So it wasn't something that the legislature made. You could try to call your council member or your representative and see. But the reason why I brought this straight to the mayor is because last year I saw that the mayors were the ones convincing the governor to change things. So I just worked straight through the channel of talking with all four mayors and getting them to kind of hit on parts that were being neglected, um, industries that were being left out, uh, age groups that were being left out, things that we hadn't considered. So I'm just going to open the floor to anyone that might want to share their thoughts or have me 
kind of take into consideration maybe something that I'm not seeing. This is definitely a collaborative call that I just want to be as helpful as possible. So I don't see anyone really with questions. And I think what we'll do is we'll just, you know, thank everyone for being here. I know Mark stayed on the line this whole time and he did share his contact information. So Shane or Katie, anything else? Yeah, I want to echo the thoughts that Shane just shared. I've been in uh, various other rooms and there's just been some really powerful moments because interestingly, because this app is so new, a lot of people who are huge influencers are on here and you can actually have access to them in a way that you never could on any other app because it's it's really about sharing thoughts and and networking and getting your ideas to like the next level. So we thought that it would be a perfect place to host the discussion tonight. So I just wanna thank everyone again for your time and we will be in touch and hosting another one next Wednesday on a different topic. So be safe everyone, have a great night.